Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. We are back with another episode of Crossfire, our podcast that pits two people against each other in timed debate over six Falcons-focused questions. This week, we are joined by Eric Robinson, our champ from the previous season, and Will McFadden, both writers at thefalcoholic.com. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right. The rules are simple. Six questions, and you'll each debate one side of it. These have been determined before recording the show. You'll each get one minute to make your case and an additional 30 seconds for a rebuttal. Our readers at the site, thefalcoholic.com, will vote to determine the winner of Crossfire. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, let's jump straight into it. Our topics today are focused on the upcoming 2021 NFL draft. Eric, you're going to start us off. You have 60 seconds for this first question. Uh, in light of the recent Matt Ryan extension, which we have covered extensively at the site, the question for you is this. Is quarterback off the board for the Falcons with the number four pick in the draft. You have 60 seconds. Go. So I see we're going to start off with an easy one here, and I'm going to say no, it's not off the board. Um, you know, this uh, this pretty pretty much just reshuffled his money uh, for the next couple of years. And next year, the dead cap that they're going to be looking at is $48.6 million. Um, I'm sorry, his cap hit is going to be $48.6 million. But if they were to move on from Matt Ryan next offseason, it's going to shift that dead money to 24.9, and they're going to save a little bit over $23 million, which means they're going to have an opportunity to save some money by moving on from Matt Ryan. And I think that is going to be an easy decision to make when you have a quarterback that's ready to step in for Matt Ryan next, off, next season in 2022. So, again – you get your guy this year in Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. You give him a year to, to learn under Matt Ryan. 2022 comes, you move on from him, and you also save $23 million in the process as well. And time. Eric's in under the clock. Will, you have 60 seconds to make your case. Go. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Quarterback is off the board at this point. You have already, you know, Eric, the money that they moved, uh, you know, to next year, I do think actually means that Matt Ryan should be here. I think that the new regime, the new coaching staff has, has gotten a look up close at Matt Ryan. They've seen what he can do. And they think they, that he still has a lot left in the tank. Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl at the age of 43. 
Aaron Rodgers, they drafted, drafted Jordan Love, right? He's the next heir apparent. He wins the MVP award at the age of 36, turned 37 in December. Matt Ryan will be 36 heading into this season. If you believe Matt Ryan is the answer, and I think they do, you either trade back and accumulate as many picks and take a quarterback in a later round. There are going to be some decent quarterbacks available. Just don't do it at number four. Take the best player if you're going to sit there. Take the best player available. Make this team as strong around Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. There's talent here built around the offense. Matt Ryan has proven it. He's a former league MVP. You can trust him. I think Aaron Smith will get one of the best seasons we've seen out of him. Oh, there we go. Will with his first ever response in Crossfire. Excellent job. Eric, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. You know, it, it, it sounds good, but you never know when father time is going to hit. So you can compare him to the Tom Brady situation down in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is 43. Matt Ryan is 35 going into, 30, into 2021 being 36 years old. But again, you never know when father time is going to hit. So now is the time to be proactive and to plan ahead and to take advantage of the opportunity that you're in the top five and to take a franchise quarterback because the fr- quarterback class for 2022 doesn't look as promising as the one for 2021. And time. Excellent job, Eric Robinson. Will, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. Yeah, Eric, I think you might want to recheck your numbers there because I'm looking at over the cap right now and his dead money for 2022 season is about $40.5 million. You would save only $8 million by releasing Matt Ryan. Are you really ready to move on from a former league MVP, the franchise quarterback of this team who has taken them to a Super Bowl to save $8 million? Really? You want to do that? All right, there we go. First question is in the books. All right, great job, gentlemen. We're going to move on to the second question. For this one, Will, you will kick us off. You picked your answer ahead of time. And for this one, again, draft focus. Assuming the Falcons do not grab a quarterback at number four, but they stay at that number four pick and don't trade down, is tight end Kyle Pitts a realistic option for the Falcons at that number four pick. Will, you've got 60 seconds to make your case. Go. Well, given that we already know that they're not going to take a quarterback at number four, absolutely Kyle Pitts <laughs> should be on the table. Not only is he you know, easily the best tight end in this class, he's arguably the best non-quarterback in this entire draft. I mean, there's nothing about him that doesn't scream, you know, really, really high floor and exponentially high ceiling. Also, You can go look this up. 12 personnel has been the most efficient passing personnel grouping over the past few years. Arthur Smith mostly ran 12 personnel in Tennessee. The tight end position is crucial in that set. Having Kyle Pitts across from Hayden Hurst doesn't weaken the Falcons passing game, even though they are in a run oriented formation, which is going to make defenses have to choose whether or not to defend the run or defend the pass. It helps the run game. It helps the pass game. It's going to lighten the load on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. There's no reason why you wouldn't take a surefire pro bowler, a possible all pro at the number four pick time. Excellent job. Will. Uh, interesting question here. We were getting a lot of questions about Kyle Pitts at the So this one's a fun one, Eric. Got 60 seconds <laughs> to make your case go. You know, it sounds great to have a guy like Kyle Pitts in the lineup and alongside Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But if you look across the NFL right now, look at some of the best tight ends in the league, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, 
uh, even Rob Gronkowski. You can look at John Smith in New England now. You can even look at Hunter Henry. Were any of those guys taken in the top five? I don't even think any of those guys were even taken in the first round, to be, to be quite honest with you. So I think more of the value is going to be placed on a guy like Panay Sewell at four. You insert him into that offensive line. You make that offensive line even more stouter from day one. Yes, 12 personnel is important in Arthur Smith, in Arthur Smith's scheme, but having that offensive line as your foundation, as your strength of your offense, to be quite honest with you, is probably even more important than having a, uh, an elite tight end out there at all times. You don't need an elite tight end at all times under Arthur Smith. He made John Lou Smith a, a multimillionaire, and John Lou Smith was a day two pick, a late day two pick. Time. All right. Excellent job. Will, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. So if he made Johnny Smith a multimillionaire, imagine what he could do with a player who has probably double the talent of, of that player. And we're talking about the draft, right? It's a crapshoot. What you're trying to do is literally find the best player. It doesn't really matter where somebody went in the past because if they would do it again, George Kittle would probably go in the top 10. Travis Kelsey probably in the top five. This is all about getting the most talented players. There's no reason to believe based on what we've seen from Kyle Pitts that he's not one of the most talented players in what is frankly kind of a weaker first round class. In time. Excellent job. All right. Uh, Eric, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. I mean, you know, Arthur Smith saw it twice a year as offensive coordinator for Tennessee, and he played against Indianapolis Colts. And in the past couple of years, in recent years, they made one key selection, which is Quentin Nelson at fifth overall, um, to insert into their interior offensive line. And again, I think getting a guy like Panay Sewell is going to mirror that again. This is going, he's going to elevate that offensive line. He's going to elevate the run game, which is the nucleus of an Arthur Smith scheme. So why not get the jewel? at offensive line and insert time. All right. I'm going to remember all of that response there, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was good. I'm back on my throne now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh guys, I've missed the crossfire podcast. This is so much fun. Um, All right. We've got one more question before we head into our break. We're two questions down. Uh, This third one, Eric, you will kick us off with this. Again, draft-focused for the Falcons. Um, And this one's coming up a lot. We're seeing this in some of the mock drafts. Uh, We're seeing it uh, in some of the fan talk that happens at thefalcoholic.com. And that is this, your question, Eric. The Falcons should or should not use a first or second-round pick on a running back. You have 60 seconds to make your case. Go. I mean, you can start from day one of the Terry Fontenot era in Atlanta. And what did he say? He said that, uh, you know, best player available and Arthur Smith as well. In this opening press conference, they want to build the trenches, right? And this is, this is one of the better drafts when it comes to having, you know, interior offensive linemen at the top part of the, of the, the you know, the first, the first and second round, um, also on the defensive line as well. So I think they should not get a running back in the first or second round. You can wait. You can get a guy like Trey Sermon on day three in round four. You can get a guy like uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma on day three. You can get them and insert them in and be fine. You don't need that. You need to build the trenches, build from within. That's what a lot of the better teams across the league does. Anyway, they build from within. So, no, they can wait. They don't have to have Najee Harris. It might look great. He might look like Derrick Henry, but they don't need him. They don't need Travis Etienne. 
they'll be fine with just having a stable running back from day three and just build from the offensive line. Time. All right. Uh, Will, you heard his case. You get to make your own. You have 60 seconds. Go. What is the weakest part of this Falcons offense? It's running back. Nobody there is proven. If you're going to win immediately, the Falcons need to rely on their offense and they need to turn that into a true strength. You can win shootouts in the NFL. You can. To do that, the Falcons need to supercharge their offense. I think the Falcons will trade back in the first round. Doing so, maybe you pick up an extra second round pick. If they're going to go best player available and you have the option to get a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, do it. Arthur Smith comes from a team that had a running back proven to lead to success. The entire offense, the play action is based on fearing the running back. If you're going to have 12 personnel and you're going to make that work, you have to really fear the running game. It opens up everything else. So if you're going to make life easier on your best players, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, it's essential that you have a running back. Value only matters when you're going to guarantee a second contract for the first four or five years. Get a stud. In time. All right. Eric, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. Speaking of previous stops, where did Terry Fontenot come from? How many resources did they pour in in New Orleans at the running back position? I mean, how many did they, did they really invest in the first or second round at the running back position? They waited to the third to get Alvin Kamara, right? They put all their resources on the offensive line. Teron Armstead, Cesar Ruiz last year, getting a guy like Andrews Pete. You know, I, they invested heavily on the offensive line. And they built themselves that way. And I think that's the same thing. That's the same direction that this team is going to need to take going forward. And time. Will, you're going to close us out, close out the first half of this podcast with your 30-second rebuttal. Go. You know, it's interesting, Eric, that you bring up the second best running back in this division. Because the first best running back, Christian McCaffrey, was taken in the first round. And he's proven to be the focal point of the Carolina Panthers offense. And I truly believe that when Joe Brady has the opportunity to work for a full season with Christian McCaffrey, the Carolina Panthers are going to be a very much a fringe wildcard playoff team. I think having a dynamic player in the backfield opens up more elements of your entire offense than what we've seen in recent years. 2016 really did feature Devontae and having at their best, and they need that. All right. We are halfway through. The Crossfire Podcast, three questions down, three more to go. Uh, Before we get to those final three questions, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We're back on the Falcoholics Crossfire podcast. I am joined by Eric Robinson and Will McFadden, both writers at thefalcoholic.com. We just knocked out three questions about the upcoming NFL draft for the Falcons. We have three more to go Uh, for number four. Will, you're going to kick us off in the second half of the podcast. Uh, And this question, the Falcons should or should not use this draft to primarily rebuild the defense 
the defense. So we are focused on the idea of them rebuilding the defense in this draft class. You've got 60 seconds to make your case, Will. Go. Yeah, I would absolutely, you know, I know I just talked about Christian McCaffrey, but I would look again to the Carolina Panthers and what they did. They became, it was the first time in franchise history that they used an entire draft to, to select defensive players. I'm not advocating for the Falcons to do that, but absolutely most of the draft should be on defense. Why? Dean Pease coming over here. He runs kind of a hybrid multifaceted defense, 3-4-4-3. He runs a lot of different looks. Dan Quinn wanted one specific thing, a cover three, cover one foundational thing, and he brought in players to fit one thing. So if you're going to have multiple looks, you need players who can do multiple things. I'm not necessarily sure the Falcons have a lot of those players in place. Also, their safety position is pretty much decimated because of free agency. No more Keanu Neal. Demonte Casey's a free agent. Bring those guys in. Finally, Arthur Smith, offensive-minded head coach. You brought him in here to maximize the offense because you already have really, really talented players in place on that side of the ball. So let Dean Pease get the guys he wants over there, try to balance this roster, and let Arthur Smith cook with what he's got. All right, 60 seconds on the money. Eric, you have 60 seconds for your case. Go. The bigger cornerstones of the team, where are they? On the offensive side of the ball, right? With Matt Ryan, with Julio Jones, with Calvin Ridley. They want to maximize the most out of Matt Ryan, which is what you said to open up the show. Well, why not pour in a lot of the resources to put as much talent around him so they can try to make a run some type of way, some type of to maximize the value of Matt Ryan going forward. They're not, the Matt Ryan era is going to come to an end. The Julio Jones era is going to come to an end. So why should they tread water with what they have on offense right now? Build, just put some resources, put some more guys, put some more talent around the strength of your team. And let's just see how far they can really go with a stronger offense around Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Ridley, and others. Ooh. Eric, confident in the case he has made, comes in under the timer. Uh, Will, you've got 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. Is, is this 2017? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little lost. Have we not tried to do this for every single year of Matt Ryan's career? What is the one argument everybody makes? Matt Ryan doesn't play defense. You can't just win with one side of the ball. Yes, it gives you your best opportunity, but what else can the Falcons really do aside from drafting a running back in the first or second round to really supercharge their offense? You've got to have some balance. You've got to be able to get some stops on third down. You've got to be able to get some turnovers to get some extra possessions on offense and really take advantage of what you built on the offense side of the ball. All right. Excellent. Eric, you've got 30 seconds to close this one out. Go. No, what they tried to do in the past, Will, is build on the defensive side of the ball. And it failed with Tack McKinley. It failed with Big Beasley. It failed with uh, who else? Eh, you can say Keanu Neal for the most part because they're going to part ways with him. They had a defensive coach on that side of the ball. They went the opposite direction this offseason. They said, hey, let's get an offensive-minded guy here. Why are we bringing in an offensive-minded guy and giving him the keys to the Ferrari if we're not going to give him any weapons, if we're not going to give him any, anything going forward, if we're not going to build around his time? All right. Uh, you guys are killing it on this first return to the Crossfire podcast. We are down four questions. We have just two more to go. Eric, you will start us off on this next question. And the question is this. The Falcons will or will not use a first or second round pick on an offensive lineman, offensive line this time. You have 60 seconds to make your case. Go. <laughs> this kind of goes against my other arguments from previous 
Um, <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, you it pick does. this answer, buddy. Um, yeah, they they will not because they're going to draft a quarterback, maybe, hopefully, possibly. I think that's probably the direction that they're going to go. If they don't end up trading down, if they end up staying put at four, I think they're going to try to take advantage, be proactive, and look towards the future. I mentioned earlier in the in the uh, Falcoholic in our in our um, in our chat that hey, they want to build a team in 2021, but they also want to build a foundation for 2022 going forward. And I think you do that by starting off at the most important position. So I think quarterback is really the likely decision that they're going to go. It's just a matter of where in the first round that they're going to take them. All right. Will, you have 60 seconds to make your case on this one. Go. Well, uh, you know, let me refer you back to what my good friend Eric has said throughout this podcast, (laughs) frankly. Um, You know, Arthur Smith came from Tennessee. He got to see, you know, twice a year in Indianapolis. What did they do? They used an early pick on Quentin Nelson, a guard. What so happens to be the one need that the Falcons have right now on offensive line? A guard. Second, this is one of the best drafts for interior offensive linemen. That's what Eric said. You can get value in a guard position in the second round, especially when you're drafting fourth in the second round. Possibly the first or second best guard could move right there and you're right in the value range. The question is first or second round. So even if they decide not to go with Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater at number four, which is still very much on the table and would be a good decision, build a strength on a strength, as Terry Fontenot said, an offensive line is valuable. Even if they don't decide to do that, the second round is entirely in play because that's where I think truly the value will be. And you could get a really good player who slips a little bit right there. And time. Great job, Will. Eric, you have 30 seconds for your rebuttal. Go. Well, you were pushing earlier for a running back. And you know what? To be quite honest with you, I think in the top half of that second round, I think they're going to have a collection of running backs there that they can possibly take a Travis Etienne, a Javante Williams. But, you know, again, when we're starting – we're looking back and we're building resources for found for building a foundation for 2022 and beyond, you know, you got to look at certain positions. And again, I think the quarterback is the most, the most important position in all the sports, not just football in all the sports. So you have to get that one right. And again, and time. All right. Will close this out here. You got 30 seconds. Go. In 2008, the last time the Falcons had a draft pick this high, they selected Matt Ryan at number three. There's your quarterback, Eric. Then they selected Sam Baker later in the first round. You pair your quarterback with an offensive lineman. So wouldn't it make sense if they decide to go for, which is what you're advocating, I don't necessarily believe that that's on the table anymore. They decide to do that at number four. It makes sense then to grab a player to protect whatever quarterback you select early in the second round. It's not off the table. It can't be off the table. The Falcons need to look at every single option and on time. offense. All right. We are five questions down. We've got one more to close out this year's first Crossfire podcast on the Falcoholic podcast. Of course, guys, uh, for those of you listening, please go to thefalcoholic.com. Look for the article for this particular episode and vote for who you think won this debate, the very first crossfire of the season. Whoever wins will return on the next crossfire podcast to defend their ongoing championship. Will it be Will? Can't wait to see Eric? how long it is. <laughs> Last question, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. He's pushing the podcast uh, host here. What, what's going on? All right. Last question. 
Uh, Will, you're going to close this out uh, by starting this one off. And the question is this, again, draft-focused. The Falcons currently have nine draft picks. That is six that they had originally, and then three additional from the comp picks that they've received. They have nine draft picks. Will they draft nine or more players on draft night? You have 60 seconds to make your case. Go. Frankly, if they don't, they're foolish. Uh, and I'll let you in on a little bit of a, an inside kind of like NFL secret, covering multiple drafts, being in the building at times. Day three picks suck. Nobody wants to really be sitting there at four o'clock on the final round of the draft with the 270th pick. People want to get rid of those picks left and right. I think the Falcons need to accumulate as many picks. I think it's more than nine picks that the Falcons have because they need it. Their roster is hemorrhaging right now. They're losing more players than they're getting. They've had one move so far in free agency, and it's not even a free agent signing. They don't have the money to bring in the talent, and they need to fill out their roster. They need to get to 90 by training camp and 53 by the regular season. The best way to do that, young, cheap talent and draft picks. The other thing, they're going to be in the midst of scheme changes because of the new coaching staff. The best way to do that, get players who fit the schemes you want to run, bring in the skill sets you want, mold them with veteran talent you bring in as free agents on cheap contracts. Do it. All right. Eric, you've got 60 seconds to make your case. Go. Remember all that draft trade talk last year before before last year's draft and how, you know, pretty much it was going to be a lot of movement? We didn't. We only saw four trades in the first round last year, and the first one didn't even come until the 13th, 13th overall pick. So no team in the top 10 even traded last year. So this is it's not a guarantee. It should be. You know, the Falcons should trade down. Yes, they should accumulate more picks. They need to fill out the back end of that roster, but it's not a guarantee. It's not as simple as saying, hey, you want to trade? Sure. What do you want? Whatever you need, buddy. It's not that simple. It's not a guarantee that the Falcons are even going to do it. So sitting there at four and, again, taking their best player, who may be a Trey Lance, who may be a Panay they may not want to pass that opportunity up. So they may just want to stay put there. And, again, they may just want to stay put at the top half of every round, which is where they're picking in this draft. All right. Will, you've got 30 seconds to close out this question and to close out the podcast. Go. Eric, your entire argument depends on them trading it all. If they stand pat in every round, they already have nine picks and I win. So they don't need to make trades. It's just that I think they would be smart if they did. I certainly don't see them trading up because what they need is quantity right now. And I think that they're going to have their selection of players that they want to really fit the key things that they need. Because again, I don't think that this is about the 2021 season. I think they're going to be willing to take some players with a little bit of grooming that needs to be done. All right, Eric, you have the last 30 seconds. This is your case to close it out strong, sir. Go. Terry Fontenot himself said that they're going to approach this draft with a BPA mindset. And when you're drafting, in the top half of every round, you're going to have your pick of the litter at a lot of the talent. You may even want to trade back up into the bottom half of another round and may lose one of those picks. So if they go to eight, Will, you're going to lose this argument here. Uh, but again, it's all about BPA. It's all about their approach here. So I think this is a situation where I can see them actually staying put or maybe even shuffling and moving their way up. All right. And that, folks, is time Six questions up, six questions down. Eric Robinson, Will McFadden, you guys did a bang-up job. 
Uh, Eric, I'm going to go to you first. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. The only thing that I have going on right now is winning this crossfire. <laughs> Will, who is, as you guys can tell, it is his first time on here, but he did very, very well. Very good. Um, yeah. So Thank just, you, sir. yeah. You know, if you need to vote a little extra for me, you know, just come on, just, just look out, <laughs> you know, look out. Look out for you, boy. I've been, I've been, I've been doing this for you guys for so long. <laughs> oh, okay. A man of the people. He is, he is pleading. He's pleading for the votes. I love it. Uh, Will, same thing. Or, or as your, uh, your Zoom name shows, Stephen A. McFadden, uh, which I forgot to clear up earlier. Uh, it is not Will. It's Stephen A. McFadden, clearly. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Yeah, you can find me next week uh, debating Gina. Um, you know, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> uh, you find me on Twitter at Will McFadden. Um, I, you know, recently have started freelancing for the Falcolic, so you can find my stuff, you know, right here on the on the home base. And uh, in addition to that, I've also started freelancing and covering the Marvel Cinematic Universe for Heavy.com. Um, so you can find most of that work on Facebook for those of you who you know are still on Facebook. Um, at you know heavy on marvel is the facebook page so you know outside of next week and and on twitter you guys can find me there look gina is <laughs> gina's mike tyson on this thing so if you want to go ahead and dive into the ring, it's her, i do i do let's me. make that i do, do i you, do want to do that do your thing you can you can you can have her that's fine <laughs> all right uh eric delegates come come to base mcfadden <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love it so much <laughs> Um, got both of you fantastic job uh, great great way to kick off crossfire this year uh, really oh, appreciate oh, I, gotta, I, gotta I, got, I gotta mention something else I'm sorry one more thing I gotta mention one more thing um, my, yeah. ten, my 10 year old son is is cheering for me in the other room and um, I don't want to let him down <laughs> this is I, I hate you so much <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, how do you oh, kick someone out of a chat? How do you kick someone out of a chat? <laughs> you wouldn't want to break the heart of a 10-year-old. And his birthday is next week as well. Well, tell him happy birthday, and I'm sorry his father lost. Um, no! <laughs> <laughs> is this voter fraud? I think I think this is what that is. This, yeah, this... Uh, <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> all right, off that note... Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. Uh, and as we've already mentioned, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Eric Robinson and Stephen A. McFadden, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time.